Okay, well, hello everybody and welcome to um, Grumpy Poodle Talk. Um, I'm the podcast host, Abby, and today I have the lovely Amber with me. Hello, hello, thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. Joking, joking. Um, So today Amber and I are going to be talking about many different things, um, but all things COVID and all things fashion. Uh, We're specifically going to be talking about the transition from online... um, from high street shopping to online shopping and how Amber's experience of that has been and how my experience of that's been, whether we think it's safe for companies to come back um, to normal once it's safe again or if they should stay online. And then I'm going to be talking to Amber a little bit about her COVID, um, like how COVID has affected her job search, her graduate job search. Um, So Amber, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about you? Oh, okay. Well, hello, I'm Amber. I graduated in 2020 with a fashion marketing degree from the University of Southampton. Um, I'm currently working for a lovely company or agency called iProspect as a paid social assistant. So I do a lot of um, campaign optimization. So I think I'm uh, quite practiced and well rehearsed in online advertising and purchasing now. So I think I have some good things to say. Um, Yeah, and I'm really excited to be on today. Well, I'm very, very excited to have you on and thank you for coming on. Um, If you don't follow our Instagram page, uh, which is under the same name as Grumpy Poodle Talks, um, my name's Abby. Um, I think I've already said that. I'm a bit nervous, but I study fashion promotion and communication. Uh, I'm an undergraduate um, and I'm currently a sales assistant, but I'm looking to go into PR. So, yeah, I think we should just get on with it. So... Amber, the first question I would like to ask you is, how would you describe your experience of the transition from high street shopping to online shopping? Well, I've always enjoyed shopping online and in store. I find I have more access to small businesses online. However, I do enjoy the experience of being in store or, you know, making a day of it, as your mum would say. Um, I think it's very sad to to see the colossal volume of job losses for Debenhams and Topshop employees. Once stores were shut due to COVID, it became obvious that those companies relied too heavily on in-store retail and couldn't provide the same customer experience to consumers that they were really demanding online. Uh, According to new data from IBM's retail index, the pandemic has actually accelerated the shift away from physical stores to digital shopping by roughly five years. So department stores, as a result, have seen significant declines with Debenhams being no exception. In the first quarter of 2020, department store sales and those from other non-essential retailers actually declined by 25%. And then this grew to a 75% decline in the second quarter. So the pandemic has also helped um, refine categories of goods which we label essential, according to techcrunch.com. So clothing, for example, declined in importance as more consumers began working and schooling from home as well as social distancing under the government lockdown rulings. However, other categories, including groceries, alcohol and home improvement materials, accelerated by roughly 12%, 16% and 14% retrospectively. Therefore, the fashion industry wasn't only affected by this accelerated shift to online, but the decline in demand for its product. So after years of struggle, Debenhams and Topshop really didn't stand a chance. Overall, it's been exciting. Sorry, I I didn't want to... That's actually no, really it's okay. We keep talking over each other. This is this is how you know we know each other. <laughs> um, <but laughs> that's actually really interesting because lots of the research I've been doing for this podcast um, is mainly like primary research, and I've just been releasing polls and stuff like that. But to see the actual statistics of it, 
I think that's really interesting. And I hope if people are making a note that they make a note of that, because I definitely will be making a note of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been incredible, the shift from kind of non-essential items, things that make you feel good, have really taken kind of a back seat because, like I said, schools were closed, people were working from home, parents are teaching their kids from home. So looking good really wasn't essential for anybody anymore. Yeah, I mean, unless you're picky, like we are, because I feel like there were definitely days where I forced myself to make an effort because otherwise I would have just been lounging around. And there's nothing wrong with loungewear. We're all a fan of loungewear. Um, but I think it was better for our mental health as well, wasn't it? I think we felt a bit better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's been days where I've felt that the past you know, month that I've spent in the same tracksuit with no makeup has, has got to me and I've just got dressed up for no one but myself. It really has, really has made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, it has been exciting to see how brands are responding to the enhanced need for e-commerce and online technologies, I think but does feel somewhat like the end of an era, doesn't it, for High Street? It feels like saying goodbye to an old friend. It really does. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I am actually quite sad about it. That I have loads of really nice memories, uh, I, just like I think many people do, of like going into a shop and like finding the right outfit or even just going shopping with your friends. And I think if everybody is so focused on online shopping and doesn't want to come back, it really is like saying goodbye to an era. Like, because our parents or perhaps our grandparents weren't really part of this so the complete different experience that we've had from our grandparents is just really interesting oh so true like even although the high street isn't completely dead it has been irreversibly changed like the experience i know that we'll have after covid will not be the same as it was before especially with you know i want to say kind of like a cult classic or a high street icon top shop gone and debenhams which I, I think has been around since i was born you know we've yeah. all had a at least an experience with debenhams and that being no longer part of you know our our british culture <laughs> it's sad it's, it's gone it's a british thing isn't it i think if you mention to americans about debenhams there may be a few that know but uh, debenhams is definitely a british icon oh no yeah they have macy's don't they oh yeah yeah i'd say that's about the equivalent I always used to think of Debenhams as like the low budget Selfridges and now now I don't even have that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely when you walked into a Debenhams, if you walked into a Selfridges, you would feel very different, wouldn't you? I remember I had Absolutely. one in, um, we had a university trip um, and we went to Harrods um, and just the complete difference. But that, that, that's a whole other conversation about different levels that are in different shops so let's let's not go into that because I know we could talk about that for hours <laughs> <laughs> okay so the second question I wanted to ask you after that whole conversation we just had about staying online is do you think it's a good idea for some companies to stay online and do you have any companies in mind that you think will stay online okay well I think all businesses businesses should establish a strong digital presence and continue to nurture that presence even once we gain a little normality that doesn't only mean providing the consumer with the ability to purchase online but to utilize online platforms to encourage consumers into store like perhaps through schemes such as buy online and pick up in store i know boots especially and Superdrug have been quite good with things like that for um, prescriptions for people over the pandemic you could order online but come into store so i think that's quite a clever way once we kind of transition out of this experience that they don't completely 
um, yeah. try and remove that online interaction, but they are kind of encouraging their people back into store. I um, completely agree. Um, I think I- I've personally had experience of ordering prescriptions and going in and collecting them. And I think it's a, I think it is a good idea for some companies to stay online. But like you said, I think they should nurture something. I don't think whole companies should stay online because like we said, people are missing shopping. And if you only cater to online, there's a whole other like demographic that you're not reaching. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, WGSN said in 2020 that regardless of whether e-commerce is the right choice, using the internet to sell the dream is certainly a requirement. Online presence isn't limiting like in-store experiences are. Um, they're accessible often globally at any time to anyone. So whether that experience is the ability to buy from a brand online or interact via the use of social media platforms, I believe there should be a balance between in-store and online experiences, providing those various online and offline touch points establishes a fully integrated approach to retail. I think that's what is really important moving forward after COVID-19. Yeah, definitely. Do um, Do you have any shops in mind that you think should stay online in particular? I don't think anyone should stay exclusively online, but I do think that providing that kind of instant response is important. So if we're looking at um, high street shops that I think could maybe be a little bit in danger, I think maybe New Look, River Island, they're massive on the high street, but they're not, I don't think, as established as they could be online. Uh, Due to the rise of apps such as Uber and Netflix and Spotify, that allow users to instantly like you know order a taxi listen to music or stream a series the demand for instantaneous services have become integrated into our daily lives so online technologies can provide these instant experience in a way in store often can't so for example the shop feature on instagram i'm sure you use it i use it all the time you could be scrolling through your feed at 2am see a product you like by brand you love tap the relevant tag and then have it delivered the next day so i really think that high street brands such as New Look, River Island, Urban Outfitters could really capitalise on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I say this in the most polite way possible, but I don't think I actually know anybody that shops in River Island anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I can't remember like, the last like, time no, I shopped in River Island. Uh, I think, gosh, I, I've been in River Island, but I can't remember the last time I actually purchased something from it. Um, so I, I agree. I don't think that, like, I can't, name any companies off the top of my head that should only be online um because like seeing um asos buying topshop and how different it looks because it's still the topshop products but it's under asos i know that's like common sense but it it's just so different because you still get the feel of topshop um so yeah you do you do yeah i've also got another point here that um took some information from Bain and Company and they stated that when safe consumers will return to physical stores with a possibly like renewed passion for in-life experiences which is great of course for the high street as we've discussed previously you know Debenhams, Topshop, giants like that really suffering so this kind of um, stripping it away from people actually making them really realise what they want however Covid has resulted in a shift in consumer behaviour so from loving to shop in store to going digital and from attending glamorous fashion events to viewing live streaming on digital platforms, you know, Fashion Week, they did that all kind of online. This change in behaviour may become the way of life and the new normal for consumers. Therefore, to stay relevant to consumers, even after COVID-19 pandemic, brands must provide more meaningful online experiences and stimuli via online channels. 
I think engaging digital content can offer a sense of community during social distancing. E-commerce stores provide accessible shopping experience for, experiences for consumers while we're still in this lockdown. Because you, um, you mentioned about um, like Fashion Week and how everything's um, stayed online. I think for many people who grew up wanting to be in fashion, uh, being able to attend those events or even celebrities who are given like front row seats, I think it may take away some of the magic because it's nice to watch things. And I've never been to one. It's a dream to go to one. Like I, I'm sure many people in the industry, when they have the opportunity to go, it's great. Um, but I think that watching it online, as nice as it is, and you get to watch it from the comfort of your own home, like you're not there, you're not feeling the atmosphere, you don't get the whole experience, you know, you have to review these things by catwalk, by what they're wearing, by the sound, by the feel, everything. And so I think, although it could utilise some jobs, it's definitely going to change the job market completely, because there's going to be so many different things that we can't access anymore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying with Fashion Week, the atmosphere. I was lucky enough to go to um, the festival, which was, you know, you had to buy tickets. I wasn't invited, you know, like all the bloggers. Um, but even the atmosphere of that, it's not the same online. It wasn't the same online. I watched some streaming of some fashion shows, and although it made it more accessible. And I felt, oh, like, I've really been included in this. I'm not a high profile celebrity, but I do get to see this and access this. It just wasn't the same as actually being there. And I think that will be something that, you know, London Fashion Week or fashion shows in general might struggle with. Yeah, because it's it's like I said, when you've made it, when you're invited to that, it's like a pinpoint where you can be like, okay, this is growing, this is where I'm at. And you have that pride. And so it's nice to be able to do it from home, but it's just, it's not the same. And and I really sympathise with people because like I, I know there are people that really want to be in that environment. There are people that want to style backstage. There are all these different things which are going to completely change once it's safe again, once COVID is gone. But if the industry is changing, then they need to change the job to accommodate to it because otherwise people, like, the experience will just be completely changed. Yes, absolutely. I think it needs to definitely align both online and real life to access that wider audience and cater to everybody. You know, the um, huge rise of TikTok, that became accessible to everybody and the trending like understanding a trend being part of a trend tiktok has really made that accessible for people have you seen all the food trends and things lately on tiktok Uh, like it's really nice but i think what really sticks out for me is fashion because i'm just such a fashion nerd and i think everybody's seen those different outfits um different outfit tiktoks where you're in one outfit one second and then it just rolls and changes and like i love that so much and it's the flip side isn't it of like not being able to attend the shows but you can do your own it's like that trend you can do your own outfits for what you would wear to a fashion show like the Vivian West yeah the front row the the front row that's the one and like I love that I think while fashion shows themselves made it like exclusive that you had to make it things like this are really beautiful they make it inclusive so that everybody gets that experience even if it's even if it's not the actual walk you still get to feel like you could be a part of that so yeah definitely yeah it's that sense of community yeah definitely tiktok has just i mean it's taken off like there are so many people who are becoming famous because of tiktok um and definitely how brands are now starting to consider having like tiktok representatives and they have to consider like using it for their brand i know i'm considering using it for the podcast um have you used it at all at work I haven't used it at work. I know quite a few accounts that some of my um, 
co-workers might use it for but it is an incredible tool for brand awareness um they've actually in like marketing terms they've got a new term for tiktok called the tiktok effect um recently there was a food product i was previously mentioning called um little moons i don't know if you heard them they were like sold at tesco and they're like little ice cream balls (laughs) yeah and google trend data in the following like days after that became a trend showed that the purchases of little moons at tesco went up by 700 percent that's crazy which isn't it so insane so tiktok is just an incredible incredible tool for brand awareness and exposure and i think that the fashion industry should absolutely capitalize on that yeah definitely i I completely agree um did you get any of the little moons or was that just not something for you i didn't know i saw them i i thought they were only american to be honest because i follow quite a lot of american tiktokers um but no i haven't i haven't tried the luxury that apparently is little moons yet but maybe that's something to try afterwards (laughs) definitely definitely so the third question that I wanted to ask you, and this is the one where I want you, if you possibly can, if you're so kind, to like the reality, the real nitty gritty. So the question I wanted to ask was, how did COVID affect your job search? And if you like, if you if you can be as open as possible, that would be amazing because mm-hmm. you always see on like LinkedIn and stuff where people are like, oh, after like five job searches and I've applied for like 20 jobs I've now got it and there are so many people that do not have that experience and so if you can just give us the nitty-gritty because I want people to I'm I'm not saying that you haven't succeeded in any way but I want people to see so many different sides to it absolutely absolutely COVID changed the direction of my career path almost by 360 degrees um luckily I say luckily I was the only I was only job hunting for five months which sounds like, you know, that's almost half a year. It does sound like a, a quite long period of time for a fresh graduate. However, in comparison to other people I've seen online, like you said on LinkedIn, a lot of people that I graduated with are still kind of struggling with that. Yeah. I know a few talented women who I graduated with who have d- done more internships than me, who have had more exposure than me, have more connections than me, and are still hunting for that, you know, ideal job. Um, I am strongly led by passion for creativity and I created fashion films and editorial photography throughout my time studying fashion marketing. So I wanted to transition ideally into a content creation role. However, a lot of redundancies were made within that creative industry due to COVID. Therefore, I was applying for jobs that creatives with 10 plus years of experience on me were also applying to. So people who had years of experience and more fulfilled portfolios were offering to do the exact same job as me. And I'm a fresh graduate with three months of experience due to an internship. It just was not realistic. So my internship was in social media. I launched and ran some social accounts for data consultancy company. So I rethought my application process and decided to instead apply for jobs that were either within digital marketing or industries that were like online orientated because at least I had a little bit of experience in that area. Um, as, and as we've just discussed, the digital landscape thrived throughout COVID. So although there were still cuts within the digital focused businesses, there was a higher demand for these businesses too. Therefore, I found more jobs were available. And those individuals I previously mentioned with 10 plus years of experience were actually still employed. They'd never been made redundant. So I, I stood more chance as a graduate, yeah. although it was really, really hard. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't. I, there was tears. I remember being sat at the dinner table and my dad being like, it's okay, you're going to get there. And my mum being like, you know, this was going to happen. You were never going to walk straight into a job. 
and the reality of it just hit me and I was in tears into my bowl of spaghetti like it really wasn't it wasn't good I was having a bad time (laughs) but we're gonna get there you know we're at the end of it now I would really recommend to any graduates or soon-to-be graduates that they really analyze the industry they want to go into and assess whether that market is saturated, like I said, with more experienced professionals due to redundancies. Because if there's people that have lost their jobs that are trying to get back into the job market, they're going to be taking those junior roles. They're going to be taking those less paid roles. And when you're coming in with less experience and less knowledge and a not a weaker portfolio, but a lighter portfolio, you haven't had that experience, you're, you're going to get turned away. That's just the harsh reality of it. You need to compare to the other possibilities or gaps in the other markets. And then obviously, eventually I was offered an interview with iProspect, um, the agency I work for now. And that was because a family member had previously worked there. So I was able to do a bit of like networking. I'm sure you've heard of the experience, uh, the experience. I'm sure you've heard of the saying, it's who you know, not what you know. And I think that was really, really, exactly. It was so prevalent and so conscious as a thought for me in that moment where I was like, yeah, all of the studying I've been doing, it really just came down to who who I knew in this COVID climate. So just reach out to as many people as possible, make those connections, volunteer services. Like you never know who is going to give you that leg up into the industry that you want to be in. No, that's great. Um, Thank you for sharing. Um, I, oh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, So when you were applying for jobs, when you say you're applying for digital marketing jobs, did you apply um, for fashion digital marketing or was it just like any digital uh, digital oh my goodness I can't say it, digital marketing jobs <laughs> just available it started off as fashion uh, marketing because I wanted to do that content creation I wanted to work on campaigns shoots maybe you know content creation for social media so I know I applied to ASOS I apply, applied to Mary Watt London I applied to um, New Look I applied to I applied, who else did I apply to? I applied to some really big fashion houses, Dior, Chanel, um, Pret-a-Porter, Net-a-Porter, in fact, just some really big houses like that. And then I kind of realised, okay, this market is a lot more saturated than I realised, especially with all the redundancies. So then I started to kind of target that more towards just digital marketing I was looking more around the area because I'm I'm from the south so I was looking in London and realized you know prices to live in London it's quite expensive and I wasn't (laughs) financially in a position to be living on my own so I was looking for more local jobs in my local town or in nearby cities and then I just looked for anything and everything no that's great um so when you said you were saying about your portfolio um mm-hmm. was there anything in particular like is there anything in particular that you can give as advice for what people should really be showing in their portfolio for digital marketing for digital marketing i'd say really tap into your own social media um, on instagram you have an, uh, an opportunity to turn your instagram profile into a business profile and that gives you access to some like analytical data so you can see how your target market i say your target market your audience has grown what percentage male to female it is how many people interacting with your posts how many comments you likes you get how many comments you get how many likes you get and if you can kind of prove especially if you want to go into social media or digital marketing optimizations that you can grow your own personal social media you can give examples of you optimizing towards digital you know like 
uh, likes, comments, shares, reaching an audience, you know exactly who you're targeting. If you can prove that in your own spare time, I think that will transition very well into a working environment. Yeah, so what so what you're sort of saying is is that it's mainly social media based, if I'm understanding correctly. Like you need to understand if you're going to be like did, um, marketing digitally, then you need to be able to understand the arena that you're working in and who you're marketing to, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, the uh, understand the arena is a good way to put it. Social media is accessible to a lot of us, if not all of us. So it's just a really good place to start from. But, you know, do, do your research. When I came into iProspect as a paid social assistant, there was so much jargon and keywords, you know, like KPIs, ROAS, uh, CTR, VTR. I had no idea what any of that meant. I needed to go and research that. So I would suggest that as well. Do your research, find out more about digital marketing, know your keywords and develop your brand. You know, social media is a really good place to do that to promote yourself you can do that via linkedin you can do it via instagram just like you're doing with the podcast so yeah i think that's a good place to start um i'm not sure if you said earlier and forgive me i may have may have just may just gone straight over my head did you do any internships when you were uh, at university i did yeah i did a three-month internship over the summer i believe in between 2019 so in between my second year and my third year actually so i was a bit later doing an internship and it was for a consultancy like a data consultancy uh company so not fashion at all they were a startup business yeah. um so i just needed to create their accounts from them build an audience create some content and that's kind of where my interest in content creation came from i was like oh this is this is fun i like the the graphics i'm a big fan of you know all the adobe software and that's where that came from but also I did understand the very technical side of it and I was able to build that audience and create those platforms for them. So that's what led me into the career I'm in now. So this is just a completely random point, but every Leo that I know, especially Leo women, they love creating things. Like uh, so many people that I know, they want to be content creators, they want to be digital creators. So when you just mentioned digital creation, like content creation, it just like went straight through me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I would. I love creativity and I want to, you know, maybe end up after my 50 years in the industry in a a high, you know, prevalent creative uh, position. But I'm, I'm very technical right now and I do enjoy that as well. There's an element of learning all this technical jargon that does make me feel quite smart and quite like I've achieved some stuff. So it's it's nice to have um, the hot and the cold, you know, the two opposites, the technical and the creative. But absolutely, I'm very fueled by creativity. It brings me happiness. I mean, it brings me happiness as well. Um, I think it's like it's like that thing you said about TikTok, isn't it? It's that uh, creativity bloomed throughout lockdown. And I I think the industry were right. They utilised that and they definitely, I mean, I can't speak for the whole industry, but it's very obvious that they've utilised it and they know that like it's creative as being the way forward now it's I feel like it's very different from when things used to be very academic um and like I don't know to me it might me uh, it might just be me like feeling it wrong or just over feeling it but it feels like creativity is being like promoted and prioritized yeah I think so I think it's because creativity is different for everyone there's no mold for it you can be creative in your own way on your own terms Um, And during lockdown, we were isolated. We were just by ourselves or, you know, friends or family, depending where you were. 
in lockdown where you were isolating. So yeah, it is accessible to everyone. And I think everyone is tapping into that right now because it's, it's all we've got left. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's our own minds. It's our own thoughts. Here, when we're locked away inside, there's not really much else to do. Like if you're not at university, you're at your job. And if, you, and if you're really sadly not in a job at the moment, then you've just got to do something with your hands and with your brain. So it really is all we've got left when we've been locked away for nearly over a year. Well, no, no, actually, yeah, sorry, nearly over a year. Isn't that crazy? I know, I can't believe it. March 2020, I, I saw something on, on the beautiful thing that is social media a couple of weeks ago that said uh, last year this was our not last normal week and we didn't know. Oh, don't, oh, Amber, don't. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll get back to that. <laughs> oh, wow. See, I'm trying to be okay during this podcast, but now now you've just got me in my feelings. <laughs> Reality check. So the next part that I want to um, talk about is uh, the hashtag on my Instagram account, which I'd like to let you all know about and get people involved in. Um, it's hashtag uh, GPT recommends. And this hashtag is for small and sustainable businesses Um mainly fashion uh, but if you know any sustainable businesses that deserve a shout out or deserve some love just comment hashtag uh, comment the hashtag under their account or message them and ask them to put it in their caption because every time it's been mentioned the more it's mentioned and the more I can see it on the hashtag I'll give it a shout out on the podcast and then it's basically free advertising um I'm going to say three suggestions that I've got of small businesses, which I think people should take a look at. And then Amber's going to say three of hers. Is that okay, Amber? Absolutely. So the first small business that I wanted to give a little shout out to is Trends Disclosure. Um, This is a a trend forecasting company um, that's owned by somebody that I know. Uh, It's one of my uni course mates and she's starting up her business. Um, It's genderless, it's seasonless, it's sustainable. This is really the sort of thing that you need to be looking at when you look at trends, because when you talk about sustainability, and that's something that I'm very deeply passionate about, you need to be looking at the fact that clothes, you should be able to wear them all year round. You should have a main wardrobe that you can wear and you can restyle it. And trends disclosure, it will give you things to look forward to. It will give you trends. So sustainable clothes, but that are also, I hate to say it, but they're also cool. Like they're edgy, edgy in quotation marks, but it makes like <laughs> I think people view sustainability as like drab it's about reusing things it kind of people don't really think of recycling as cool um and trends disclosure it will bring about cool things so if you want to follow them they're on Instagram and it's trends disclosure um the second I wanted to give a shout out to is uh, Lemonade by Lauren Williams um I'm going to, on Instagram, they're all tagged on there anyways, but I'll put another post on the story, so make sure to follow. Um, but Lemonade by Lauren Williams is a black-owned small business from London. Um, I, don't, I don't know these people. These are uh, just a brand that I love personally, so this is a personal recommendation. Um, they're sustainable. It's two, uh, so far as I'm aware, it's two women working in their own studio. Um, it's a startup company as well, but they're just amazing. Again, it's really different, edgy clothes, which you can feel better about when you buy because yeah buying new clothes isn't always the best for the environment but this is handmade stuff like from scratch it's original nobody else has got it unless they know about lemonade so um again that second second recommendation is lemonade by lauren williams and then my third recommendation is uh bella's bespoke resin i think i said that right um i've never made 
resin jewelry or I don't really wear it um but Bella's Bespoke Resin um on Instagram uh, it's basically it does what it says on the tin um it's handmade resin jewelry uh she like makes them and you can get personalized ones you can have commissions and stuff like that she's very easy to talk to um, I know her personally um and again she's she just very easy to talk to so just a brief little uh, I don't I don't really know what's called it but an overall so it's trends disclosure lemonade by Lauren Williams and then Bella's bespoke resin Amber did you want to say your three yes yes I would so my first recommendation is beaded babe she's at beaded babe underscore on instagram she is um, a lovely lovely lady that has made um beaded jewelry phone chains bracelets necklaces that originally started just for her friends and then she got an overwhelming amount of requests for them shoot into a business but the thing i like about this business is not only is it a small business but 50 percent of our profits go to charities that support black lives matter and she's raised um seven thousand pounds so far she does monthly drops i believe every 15th of the month i came across her through an influencer that i follow and i think it's just really good that influencers are actually starting to support small companies with good causes so yes that's beaded babe i'd recommend following her uh, the second one is Disgraceful Magazine, which is a little bit of a actually shameless self-promotion as well. They're at this Disgraceful Magazine on Instagram. <laughs> They're an online publication, an imprint publication, that are reclaiming a space for women whilst promoting, supporting and giving a platform to women in business. So I've had um, two, actually two articles and then one kind of creative photography piece pr- um, published by them which I'm you know very grateful and very lucky to have that exposure from that brand and they're just so lovely to work with I've worked um, with Scarlett with all my pieces the editor Melissa she's just a very powerful badass babe and I love what she stands for she's reclaiming a space for women she's putting that stamp and I think it's a really important to have um, a platform where women can discuss being an entrepreneur being a businesswoman because we aren't taken as seriously as we should be yet especially with that gender pay gap so they are really really paving the way for women's business and i love that about their brand and finally is reborn sustainable swimwear which is at re.born swim on instagram um, and their swimwear made from recycled bottles and mass market dead stock which as you've mentioned abby sustainable clothing now is so important it's not good enough to be buying that one top from boohoo to wear once on a night out we're destroying the planet and the fact that they not only use recycled bottles but mass market dead stock I, it's just great i love that i haven't actually I'm seen sorry, that's just that's so cool that is that is it's, so cool. yeah so creative especially because it's swimwear you can just take those cutoffs and make a bikini out of it all you need is the triangles i'm not putting down that makes me sound like i'm like all you need is some triangles for the sewing but <laughs> it's obviously a lot more technical than that but it's great i think it's a really creative way to make new things out of stuff that would have just been chucked away or burnt yeah no that they all sound incredible i mean guys if our opinions mean anything to you these are the kind of brands that you want to be following like amber said it's really not good enough to just be buying a top to wear one time on one night out and then giving it back like we are destroying the planet as amber said and sustainable clothing is so important and like like not being able to rewear clothes it sounds so weird to me now because i've been so deeply invested in sustainable fashion so the idea of not wearing a piece of clothing more than like four times is so weird to me now and the fact that people actually still buy for one time is crazy does that not sound like crazy to you 
Yeah, so I've never, I've never done that. I've always, you know, my mum taught me this. If you're going out, if you're buying something, you look in the wardrobe that you already have and think, if I'm buying this new thing, what will it go with that I have? So you're not over-consuming then and you're not buying for the sake yeah. of buying. Uh, my friend Liana from university, she's got her own sustainable Instagram page called Studio uh, 2.0 and she brings up all these really good points. She posted something the other day about rewearing outfits and it made me realise I wore the same flare trousers and tube top outfit for like a year on every night out and I never thought but twice about it. You wear that outfit. <laughs> yeah, I look good in it. I'm going to get my wear out of it. <laughs> this is what we love to hear. But again, so just a quick once over in case we've been talking for too long. But the hashtag is GPT recommends. Sorry, I just did a little clap. I don't know if you picked up on that. Just so passionate about it. Um, and <laughs> for any small and slash or sustainable companies that you think deserve a shout out. Um, like we said, it could be startup. Um, we really love to hear about small businesses, uh, black owned businesses, uh, reusable, well, like uh, just basically, I don't know how to say it, but basically brands that are worth um investing the recognition absolutely because there is absolutely nothing wrong with occasionally buying um uh, a dress from fast fashion if you are going to continuously wear this piece of clothing if you're going to buy it once like you said it's not okay it's not the best thing in the world to do it but if it's something that you really want um nobody's gonna like nobody can make you feel guilty about it that's not fair and if you're going to reuse it then you are doing the right thing you're reusing but these are the kind of brands that if our opinions mean anything to you you should really be looking into mm-hmm. so i'm gonna round it all off there um amber thank you so much for coming on uh that was uh, to be honest that was very nerve-wracking for me this is the first time i've ever done a podcast but you made it so oh easy. you did great you did great <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> uh, so just a quick shout out uh shameless self-promotion on my own podcast um the social media to find grumpy poodle talks um is at on instagram uh, grumpy poodle talks all one word and then on twitter it's at grumpy poodle talk because apparently i couldn't have an s so it ruined my whole theme but it's not the end of the world oh, i know not but, the but consistency no, I know. I, I was desperate. I'm not going to lie. I was very desperate for the S. It did actually upset me. <laughs> I just, I just oh, my goodness. We're, we're so uh, social media orientated now. Look at us. Literally, it's terrible. Um, and just a reminder, um, GPT is a safe space um, specifically for women. That's not saying that men are not welcome, but this is an opportunity for female creatives to come and talk about things. Uh, it's an opportunity for people in the industry to talk about things, but it's also an opportunity for people who aren't in the industry that don't have the access to this knowledge. Say, for example, like a 15-year-old who wants to go into the industry or just somebody that like listens, uh, likes listening to fashion podcasts. This is something that I hope people will have a chance to talk about if people want to come in, uh, come on, sorry, and have a chat um, or even just listen because I love listening to podcasts. It makes you feel like you're in a conversation with friends when they're not even your friends. Like, it, I, I just love it. It just puts me in a good mood um yeah so, that's so true please do not hesitate if you want to contact gpt if you would love to come on um, i would love to have you on um this is it like i said it's a safe space so all ideas are welcome as long as they're kind understanding um and they're productive so again amber thank you so much for coming on um and thank you everybody who's listened and 
Um, I will make a list of all of the names that have been shouted out today and I'm going to find an amazing quote from Amber. So look out for that quote on Instagram. <laughs>